The Bible says that Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word of God. So it was learning the Word from the Word. And God still said, you need power. You still need Holy Spirit. And you can't leave Jerusalem without this power. And so, people of God, listen, in today's time, the church, we need that same power. We need that same power. I don't know why, but the church has, has now just been declared as essential, like we're something important now. But no, we've been important because we have the power. God has given us the power to be a witness. And so I want to declare to you that you have the power. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When you get it, type it in for me. Let me know you got it. Say, I got it. Amen. Amen. Acts is in our Bible. If you're still turning, say, hold up. Amen. If you get to the book of John, you're real close. But if you get to the book of Romans, you have gone too far. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And the Bible reads this way. It says, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of, a, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's stop right there. And again, my message today is very simple, Pentecost, Pentecost. People of God, today is Pentecost Sunday, and the word Pentecost actually means 50. It marks 50 days after Easter or Resurrection Sunday. But originally, it was a Jewish feast celebrating 50 days after the Passover. It was called the Feast of Festivals. Now, this goes all the way back to Moses when God gave Moses the law, and 50 days after he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, um, this is what we're marking here. So we have to understand that even though we know Pentecost as Holy Spirit falling, understand Pentecost was Pentecost before it was Pentecost. Amen. And so there was a thing called Pentecost before we knew it as Pentecost. So what happened was Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. So we have to understand that it's not Pentecost because Holy Spirit fell. He happened to fall on the festival or the feast of Pentecost. Now, i got to rewind the tape here because we have to understand what Pentecost means or what Passover means. i got to go back to the Passover. Understand, let me give you the quick synopsis. Understand, we know that, that Israel was in captivity as slaves in Egypt. God raised up Moses to be the deliverer of his people. We know that Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. He was, his heart was hardened and he did not release the people. God sent plagues. Fast forward the story. And he sent ten plagues, and that tenth plague was the angel of death. Now, this was the instructions to Israel. He says, take the blood of a lamb, sacrifice a lamb, take the blood of the lamb and put it over your doorposts. And whenever the angel of death come to your house, when he sees the blood, he will pass over your house. And so understand that what that means. So the Passover represents the shedding of blood. 
my God. Fast forward the story a couple thousand years later, and we understand that the Lamb of God did the same thing, that the Lamb of God said that my blood, the shedding of my blood is going to symbolize something. Understand that he died and he shed his blood during the season of Passover. Mm. Understand what happens here. After the children of now go backwards. After the children of Israel, after the shedding of the blood, they were liberated from their oppressor. My God, fast forward the story to Jesus. Understand, after he shed his blood, we were liberated from the sin, of the bondage of sin. Hallelujah. So understand that liberation destroys frustration. Hallelujah. When we can walk in the things of God and walk under the blood of God, then we're walking in liberty and walking in peace. But we have to understand that this Pentecostal moment that we have in our text in Acts chapter 2 was not just something that just happened. Understand it was declared by the prophet Joel. Let's go there. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. And the Bible reads this way. It says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men's service and on my maid service, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We have to understand that this was prophesied before Jesus even walked the earth. That there will be a day where God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Now we know that on Calvary's cross, that what happened was Jesus was up on the cross and the Roman soldier took a sword and pierced him in his side. And pierced him in his side, two things came flowing. Blood that washed away our sins and water. Water is representing the releasing of God's spirit in the earth. Hallelujah. And so we have to understand that, that this was not just something that just happened. God said, I was going to do this a long, long time ago. Hallelujah. And it's coming to pass in our text. But then we got to go back to Acts 1 to see what the instructions were. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Let's go back to Acts 1, um, verses 4 through 8. Acts chapter 1. Verses 4 through 8. We cover this um, Thursday night in Bible study. Amen. So listen, I'm not going to be able to exegete all of this. If you want to get a full breakdown of Acts chapter 1, look at our Bible study from Thursday night. Amen. We get a, a, the, the entire chapter. But let's look at this. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Look what it says here. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart um, from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, um, You have heard me say, you had heard from me, uh, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they came together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put under his authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness for me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So understand, people of God, that, 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 that in our text, Jesus gave the disciples instructions. He says, return to Jerusalem and wait for the gift of God that shall come down to you. Now we have to ask ourselves, what was that gift? The gift was Holy Spirit. Amen. See, see here's the thing. It's interesting to me that the disciples walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Being in Jesus' Bible college, Amen. They were all students at Jesus Bible College at Jesus' side, yet they were still not ready to be a witness after all of that until they received power from the Holy Spirit. So understand, people, you can go to school 
and get an education, but you still need Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Understand, education with, with no power is information with no revelation. And so it's important for us to know that we need Holy Spirit in order to have power and to be a witness for God. Hallelujah. So, so understand, um, the, the, the disciples were learning. Imagine this. They were learning the book from the author. The Bible says that Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word of God. So they was learning the Word from the Word. And God still said, you need power. You still need Holy Spirit. And you can't leave Jerusalem without this power. And so, people of God, listen, in today's time, the church, we need that same power. We need that same power. I don't know why, but the church has, has now just been declared as essential, like we're something important now. But no, we've been important because we have the power. God has given us the power to be a witness. And so I want to declare to you that you have the power. I don't know who wrote the song, but I know that song, I got the power. Hallelujah. And I believe that I have the power. Thank God for the power that's through our Holy Spirit. Now, we have to understand that if, as a church, as a body of believers, if we're going to operate without the power, that's like having a car with no engine. I can get in it, but it ain't going. I ain't going nowhere. So in order for me to go anywhere in God, I need the power of God. Amen. So, so let, me look, let me look at uh, Acts chapter 1. Verse 14, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Look what it says here. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So one component that you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is prayer. Thousands were ministered to um, after Jesus' resurrection before his ascension. People were saw him and was a part of his ministry and witnessed him. Yet, they're in the upper room and only 120 people are in the upper room. It's amazing to me that when it's time to pray that the numbers decrease. It's amazing to me when it's time to pray that, that the crowds just kind of dissipate. But understand that God will always have a remnant in the earth that will open up their mouth and pray. Hallelujah. We thank God for the prayer warriors and those who will pray. Understand this, people of God, little prayer means we'll have little power, but much prayer means we'll have much power. Let's look at our text again, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all on one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, as a rushing wind. And it says, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It says, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire they sat on each one of them and they were all filled with hope with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance notice here in our text that they were all in one place and on one accord that means they were all in agreement now we discussed last week um, we dealt with Holy Spirit last week and last week we understood that Holy Spirit does not um, he avoids atmosphere of chaos and division Amen. I found this out that in some countries in Africa, whenever missionaries come to the country, they, the, 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 the people of, of the village would give the missionary a dove. Now, it's amazing that they use a dove because the Bible says when Jesus was baptized by his cousin John and the Jordan River, that the, whole, that the heaven opened up and God, the God's spirit descended like a dove. Okay? But they would give them a dove because they realized that doves will not roost in environments that are not peaceful. 
And so understand that you can learn a lot about a person. Uh, the dove will teach you about that preacher. If they're not peaceful, then the, the, the dove won't roost. And so I will say that to you, people of God. We have to be careful who we roost with. Hallelujah. We need to be careful who we connect ourselves with. If we're not connected to people that's going to be on one accord, that's willing to pray with us, that's going to walk this journey with us, then what are they doing? Understand, I, I want God's spirit to rest in my life, and I don't need people around me that's going to create chaos and division. Hallelujah, somebody right there. That's a good place to give him some praise. Understand this, people of God, the most of the time, the people that, 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 that want to bring division are people that don't want to submit. Amen, lights and walls. Yeah, they don't want to submit. And so understand, so instead of submitting to the, to the vision, they will try to create division. Hallelujah. But understand that in our text, they had an atmosphere of unity. Let me take you to another place in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Look what it says here. It says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord um, Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Even Paul, Paul's declaring here to the church of Corinth, it's my desire, people of God, that you be, that no be no, no division among you and that you all speak in the same thing understand that we are the body of Christ and we can't be divided. Understand this that if we're divided we can't be disjointed the arm can't tell the leg I don't need you. The finger can't tell the, the pinky finger can't tell the thumb you're, you're insignificant. No. We're one body and here's our problem a lot of times we're trying to operate with no head my God. Understand that Jesus is the head of the church and we are his body. And some we're trying to operate like we don't need him we need Jesus. Hallelujah. We need his spirit understand that Satan will always try to keep division amongst us, amongst God's people. He did it in the garden. He also did it with Cain and Abel. He did it with Abraham and Lot. He did it with David and Absalom. I could go on and on. He did it with the disciples. So understand that he'll try to bring division and chaos, but God wants us to be unified and to be on one accord. Look, I know you're in your homes, but type this in for me. Say, we are better together. We know that's our tagline in our church, and we believe it, that we are better together. Amen. Now, understand that they were all in one place or one accord. This is my desire for the body of Christ, that one day we'll all come together and be on one accord. It's my desire as a pastor of a church for 10 years, it's been my desire that we all come together in one place on one accord. Hallelujah. So, so here's the thing. The text said they were all gathered together in one place. Now, this messed with me because I thought about it. I said, now, wait a minute. There were hundreds, probably thousands of disciples at this point, followers of Jesus, students of his word. Yet, there were only 120 in the room, but the Bible said they all were in the room. So I would, here's the thing I want to say to you, people of God. I want to be a part of the all. See, I don't want to be left outside. I don't want to be the one of the ones who used to follow Jesus, but now times got rough. I, I disconnect from him and from his church. Understand, I want to be a part of the all. What he says, and they all were gathered in one place. I want to be there. Listen, I want to be in a room when God shows up. I don't know about you, but that's my desire. Notice here that the Holy Spirit showed up in our text with no monitors no worship leaders, no air condition, no fires on Facebook or Instagram saying he was on his way. Hallelujah. He, he just showed up. Why? Because the Bible says, and suddenly, my God, suddenly. See, God likes to move in the sudden moments. 
I, I, can, can I help you here? See, one moment you might be depressed, but then suddenly, my God, God's spirit will follow you and that depression will fall off of you. One minute you can't find a job, but then suddenly you're turning down jobs. Understand that's the type of God we serve. One moment you were sick in your body, but then suddenly by his stripes you are healed. This is what God is doing for his people in the midst of his people. So again, the, they're, they're in the upper room and they're praying. And the Bible says there was a sound that entered the room like a mighty rushing wind. Understand what that, what that means. That was like a loud sound, like a freight train. And now the Greek word for sound here is acho, and it's the same word we get the word echo from. And that word means like a loud roar. It came into the room. Then we see that the Bible says fire showed up. Now, understand this, that fire came over their heads. Now, this is not the first time God showed up in the fire. Now, let me show this to you. Exodus chapter 19, verse 18. Look what it says here. Exodus chapter 19, verse 18. It says, um, now Mount Sinai was completely um, in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And his smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole might mountain quaked greatly. Understand, God moves through the fire. We also know, even with Moses, when God first introduced himself to Moses, he introduced himself in a fire in a burning bush that was not being consumed. So understand this, people of God. So, so, so they're in this upper room. They're in there praying. Oh, can I, can I go here real quick? Understand that they were in there praying, um, and they were waiting they were probably worrying while they were waiting because Jesus said, go there and, and wait for the promise. Now, here's the thing. They probably were concerned because they were in Jerusalem. This was a hostile place for them right now. So they probably, I, I know that, uh, what was her name? Snow White told uh, the dwarves to whistle while you work, but the, the, the apostles probably was worrying while they were waiting. Hallelujah. They probably were worrying while they were waiting because they knew that the promise of God was coming, but they also knew that people were after them. And while they were in that room praying, they heard this sound first. Understand, whenever God moves, there's going to be a sound that's going to resonate in the earth. That a sound came, like a, like, like a freight train, like a mighty rushing wind. Then fire came down. And notice that the sound was not isolated to the room. The Bible says that a crowd gathered outside. Um, look what it says here in um, Acts chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. It says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under, under heaven. And the sound, when, when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. This thing, this thing messed with me because I saw a connection between what's happening here and the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. Let me give you this real quick. So in Genesis 11, the people of God um, joined together in rebellion against God. They rebelled against God. They said, we're going to build a tower, and the top of the tower is going to go into the heavens. And we're going to do whatever we want to do. And they, they were trying to be slick. They built it with brick, and they used um, um, pitch on it because they were trying to prevent another flood. They said, if the flood come, we'll still be good. My God. I, I, and God ain't going to be able to kill us. God says, okay. So what he did was the Bible says he came down and confused their tongue, and they scattered. So look at the, look at the contrast here. With the, the people in uh, the build the Tower of Babel were in rebellion of God. God confused and gave them, gave them other tongues to confuse them, and they all scattered. In our text in Acts, God, they were all on one accord, obeying God, doing what God told them to do. He gave them other tongues, and they joined together. 
Woo! See the difference? So, so understand that God can reverse the curse. Understand that, that, that God can always turn a thing around. When we can get on one accord in obedience to him, and not only will he'll, he'll, he'll uh, come in the midst, but he'll bring us closer together. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see the picture of what we have here in our text. Hallelujah. This is the upper room. And all of them, 120 was in there praying. Then all of a sudden, there came a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire room. And when it filled the room, fire, tongues of fire came down. They saw speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. The outsiders gathered and look, listen to that conversation. Let me pause right here. See, these folk are on the outside. They could hear the sound, but they wasn't experienced the tongues. They, they were on the outside, and, and they were confused because they were from all different lands, all different countries, and, and they, could, they could hear their native tongue, and then they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All these folk here are Galilean. How, are, how am I hearing my native tongue and they, they're not even from my country because God had gave them other tongues. They, 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 was, they were so confused that Peter had to bring some clarity to what was going on. Peter began to preach and began people, to give them the word. People of Judea and all those that dwell in Jerusalem know this and take heed to my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. Let me pause him there. Let me pause Peter there. Finish, finish your statement, Peter. For it is the third hour of the day. Now, 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 now think about that. Peter said, they're not drunk. They, these outsiders, when they heard the, the other tongues, they, they, they assumed it's no way in the world these people can speak my language. They must be drunk. Now, I don't know about you, people of God, but I, I don't know any alcoholics who can speak another language. Amen. Their speech might be slurred. Amen. But they ain't going to speak another language because they're drunk. Amen. Then Peter said, it's the third hour of the day. Understand the third hour of the day is 9 a.m. The day starts at 6 a.m. So it's 9 o'clock in the morning. How in the world could they be drunk? But let, me, but let me talk about this for a moment. Because they were confused because they were on the outside. And that's what happens when you're outside the house, you're always going to be confused of what's going on in the inside of the house. Here's the thing that got me about the outsiders. They, they were not in the house. They wasn't in there, but they heard what was going on in there. Listen, so they was close enough to hear, but not close enough to experience the power. Mm. And so, so if you want the power, you got to be in the house. You can't be on the outskirts hoping that you could get a glimpse of it or hope that you could get something on the outside. I need you to be in the house. My God, you need to be in God's house amongst his people. Hallelujah. And so the way you do that is by coming in the house. Outsiders only get confused. Insiders get power. Hallelujah. Let's keep it to hear what, what Peter said to the people. 
But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. For it, it is written, For in the last days, God thus saith God, I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your, your young men and your young daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And I shall pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So, so he, he was letting them know what the prophet Joel said thousands of years before this moment. Understand that Peter was a leader. Peter stood up and said, you know what? I, I need to preach the word of God. I, now that I have a captive audience because they heard the power in the house, now I have a captive, I'm going to preach the word of God to them. And so Peter preached, and the crowd was close. But let me take you to Acts chapter 2. Look at verses 40 and 41 as I close this out. Acts, 40, Acts uh, 2, verses 40 and 41. It says this. Then Peter continued to preach for a long time. Now, oh, have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, he preached for a long time, and everybody didn't log off. Amen. Hallelujah. They didn't get off of Facebook. They didn't get off of Instagram because he was preaching too long. They, they didn't walk away. They stayed because they were hungry for the word. People of God, listen, I pray that you are desiring the word of God, that in this season that you're hungry for the word. The Bible says, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longs for thee. That's like I am of God. I want to I be so thirsty for the word that, that I desire beyond anything else. Let's do what the Bible says. That Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all the listeners. This is what he said. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Can you believe that? One sermon, 3,000 souls got saved. One sermon changed 3,000 people's lives. One sermon. Not only did they, they, they got the word, they got saved, they got baptized at the same time. We're going to do everything at one time. Hallelujah. And so understand, people of God, this is the day that the church was birthed. So the day of Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. The day of Pentecost is 50 days after Resurrection Sunday. But it's also the day that the church was birthed. So I want to say to the church, happy birthday. Hallelujah. This is the day that the church was birthed when the man of God stood and preached the word after he received power, after the, the power fell in the room. They all began to speak in tongues, and they was filled with God's spirit. And from that moment on, the church was a real thing. The ecclesia was birthed in the earth. And so, people of God, we celebrate this Pentecost Sunday realizing that this is not only the church's birthday, but the day that the people of God receive power. And so my prayer for you is that even in your home that you experience the power of God, not only on you, but in you, that God's Spirit will rest in you. Do you not know that you are the temple of His Spirit? We are the dwelling place. The Bible says He has placed this treasure in earthen vessels. He wants to live in you. He wants to give you power. And today is the day of Pentecost where the power fell. The room was filled with his glory. My God. I believe that was just Shekinah glory. Filled the room. Like a wind going through the room. Then fire 
and tongues was over each one of them. So listen, you get your own power. You got to steal somebody else's power. Everybody had their own power. And it was able to be a witness for the Lord throughout the whole region. And in one sermon that Peter preached, 3,000 souls were saved. 3,000 joined the church that day. It's my desire that today there might be somebody on this watching this live and say, listen, Pastor, I need Jesus too. I want that power. But the first step, people of God, is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you and you're watching this, listen, I want you to pray this prayer with me. This is the sinner's prayer. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. But, Father, I realize that I need to turn from my sinful ways and accept you and your sacrifice. So, Jesus, I accept you, and I accept your sacrifice today on Calvary's cross. And I give you my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's you and you accepted that, if you said that prayer because you want a salvation, go ahead and type that and say, I got saved today. I want to say to you, if that's you, happy birthday to you. Amen. You was born again today. Today's your birthday. It's not only the church's birthday, but it's your new birthday too. Hallelujah. I just want to thank God for what he's doing in our midst. Amen. Let me pray for everyone else. Let's pray again. Let's go to God. Father, we thank you. For everyone on the sound of my voice watching this live. Father, I pray that your spirit will rest on them. Hallelujah. That they will be filled with your spirit in Jesus' name. I declare signs and wonders and miracles will flow, God, because of your spirit in their lives. I declare peace over them, joy over them, uh, provision in their lives in Jesus' name. I declare that they will lack nothing in Jesus' name. And I declare, God, your peace. My God, and your joy will overshadow us, God. Especially now, God, we are your people, and we need peace. God, we also need justice. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe that, come on, give God some glory. Hallelujah. Give God some glory. We thank God for what he's doing in our midst. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk podcast and don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening to the Raymond Talk podcast. Hope you join us next time.